I'm Julia Lubin. I'm a model turned makeup artist and writer. I'm also the host of this podcast, the MUA Chronicle Podcast. Join me here every Tuesday as I pull back the curtain on the latest in beauty, fashion, and pop culture. I'm here to demystify the hype and give it to you real. Welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. I have just a brief piece of housekeeping. I am very excited to let you know that the Makeup Artist Chronicle is changing. And I know that that may sound scary. Maybe not. Maybe you're excited like I am. Um, I know change can be hard for some, but I think this is going to be really awesome. Like I said, I'm super excited. So starting next week, you'll be hearing a shorter show on Tuesdays that is a completely beauty focused show. We're going to talk about um, the industry, products, brands, all of the things. And I'm also going to start welcoming guests on, which I'm so excited about. The other change is that now, uh, because the MUA Chronicle podcast is going to be a shorter format still on Tuesdays, I am also rolling out a new similar format similar like little short episode um show also podcast but it's going to be pop culture because I feel like I always have to pivot between like beauty and pop culture I'm obsessed with both of those topics and the format for this show is just like very long me talking the whole time bouncing between things so I kind of want to just like streamline give you some bite-sized chunks and then if you want to talk beauty we have Tuesdays if you don't we have the new pop culture show so basically the MUA Chronicle podcast is becoming the MUA Chronicle network with multiple shows yay and I I'm I'm holding off. I know the format that I want to do for the pop culture show, but I don't yet have a name for it and I don't yet have a co-host. Ideally, I would have a co-host. So um, I'll be sure to update you guys as I know more, as I'm noodling on it more and I'm ready to roll it out. If you have show name ideas, send them my way. I'm very receptive um, and obviously you'll get credit for if your name is chosen for the show. Um, But without further ado, why don't we just launch into this week's episode, Beauty Controversies, aka drama, aka beefs, aka I was on one this week and I decided to just, you know, sip on the tea and talk drama. So I'm going to tell you about some of the biggest beefs that are going on in the industry right now, give you a little context. Ultimately, I either have an opinion or I'm conflicted or I don't know. I, I'm not going to share that with you on the show, but if you want to talk more about it, you can always DM me or reach out to me. And obviously I want you to share your opinions. I want to know what you're thinking, what side of the lines that you fall on. Um, so let's kick it off. The first one is probably the biggest one. And I mean, I have a very specific opinion on what side I fall on here. And I am interested to hear what you guys have to say. Um, But basically, I got my phone started blowing up yesterday. I got a ton of alerts. And then um, I like saw the screenshots of the 
I think they were maybe tweets or some sort of like screenshots of a social media response about John Boyega and Joe Malone London. So John Boyega is a super, super talented British Nigerian actor. He's been on so many amazing TV shows and movies, including the latest trio of the Star Wars movies. He um, is also the first male ambassador for Joe Malone, which um, is a a British fragrance brand. I think it's like a self-care brand, mostly fragrance. He is the first, was the first. Basically, he created and starred in a short film for the brand, for their advertising. It was very much informed on his, um, by his upbringing in London. You know, it was impacted by him being a, a British man growing up in London, being of Nigerian descent, becoming this actor. And so like, it was just his life that really, um, helped him create this, the vision for this, and then actually execute on the short film. Without his consent or his awareness, Joe Malone refilmed the exact ad, but replaced John with a Chinese actor for the ad to run specifically in the Chinese market. So basically, the Joe Malone team decided that, like the marketing team decided that it would be more impactful for the ad to run in the Chinese market for those customers, but to have a well-known actor from the community replace John. So here's the issue with that, right? So they kept everything else the same. They just replaced the guy. (laughs) So this comes on the back of a lot of civil unrest going on around the world, especially where I am in the United States. Um, It's been and continues to happen in the world There's this call against police brutality, against systemic racism. Um, And actually at a Black Lives Matter protest in London earlier this year, John had a megaphone and he motivated protesters. He had these amazing speeches and he said so many impactful things. Um, And ultimately his message and one of the things that he said was, Black lives matter. They have always mattered and they will continue to matter. Um, He also said, and this is a direct quote, he said, I don't know if I'm going to have a career after this, but fuck that. So this is, I'm already like so in love with him. I was in love with him as an actor, having seen him in, in his films and on TV and just to, to see a man with like so much integrity to be like, I know I'm an actor that makes all this money, but I'm going to stand up for something that aligns with my ethical choices and something that I see is right. And if I get canceled for it, like, so be it. This is a bigger fight. So soon after he said these beautiful words and he was actively, you know, motivating protesters in London, this Joe Malone thing happens. And so John issued a statement. It was like a series of statements, um, where he said that he's stepping down from being their ambassador. And then the brand issued like a response statement saying they wished him well. They can, they can confirm he's no longer the ambassador. But before that, um, <laughs> Estee Laundry showed a screenshot 
of an email from the brand president of Joe Malone London, where basically he was telling the team that John decided to step away from the partnership. And then it, so apparently it was sent by someone on his team, like his personal assistant. Um, And then the president himself reply all to the email instead of just replying to his assistant or forwarding to his assistant and said, and I quote, you forgot Anna from China. So this man who had his personal assistant send an email to the company to like the company's distribution list to basically be like, this is what went down. And then to leave off the person who is representative of that market. I just, I mean, obviously I see why he doesn't write his own emails. This is why we don't reply all people. This is why we like, reply all very diplomatically and then wait until we can get that person on a private zoom or on the phone or see them in person to just be like, Hey, hello. Hi. I, this is just such a shit show. I think China is a really huge market. This is the other piece. China is such a huge market that a lot of companies will bend their own ethics and bend their own integrity to get a piece of the pie. Like think of the population, think of the consumers, think of how much they're spending, especially on beauty products. It's such a huge market. And so some of these brands that say they have values of a certain kind will sometimes have those values slip to be a part of this market and ultimately cash in on those consumers. With the Joe Malone thing, they brought in this incredible this incredible artist who comes from this rich background to create and start in a a film that would serve as their advertisement. And then they replaced him. They still used all of the stuff that were his original creations. And without his consent, they stole that his concept and replaced him with someone else so that that market would yield them more money. And it's the same thing that companies are like, we are cruelty free. We don't test on animals, but we also sell our shit in mainland China where the government requires animal testing in order to have beauty products imported into the country. So I just, it's like really interesting to see where companies stand of like, this is what we believe in but also like not in this country where we can really make a lot of money and they have something like a law that contradicts what we believe in. It's, it's, it's interesting when you start kind of diving into it a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, I've also started, you know, as a bit of a tangent, the black lives matter protests and the movement. Um, I've started like auditing, the places that I shop and the accounts that I follow now that it's been a few months after the initial wave of big protests, um, for George Floyd. And it's so interesting to me how many of these brands or how many of these profiles are still so performative in their, like, in their BLM support, you know, they put the black square or they put the black lives matter. They issued a statement and now they're back to just like having all white models or they're not, 
they, they issued a statement that Black Lives Matter, but they didn't issue a statement about how they're going to be changing the boardroom composition at their company. You know, so it's something that I encourage you to do, like audit your feed. And if there was someone that you like that is doing performative allyship, did I say performative racism earlier? I apologize. That is not the right term. Um, performative allyship. Please, please like call them out, unfollow them, whatever you want to do. But like, this is not going to go away and it shouldn't, not until there's lasting change. So I don't know. Let me know your thoughts, whether it's the performative allyship, whether it's the, you know, Joe Malone, John Boyega beef, which doesn't seem to be a beef. It seemed like it was handled in a very elegant British way to our faces, but they did him so dirty and I'm not here for it. Um, so, I mean, let me know your thoughts. Those of you who have shopped Joe Malone before, are you going to keep shopping there knowing this? Is this enough of a deal breaker for you? Like, let me know. Send me an email, julia, julialubin.com or DM me at MUA Chronicle. That's Instagram and Twitter are both that handle. So hit me up there. It's also on TikTok, but I don't, I just creep on TikTok. I don't post anything. I just watch all of the other beautiful content that people put out. So there's that. Um, next on the docket, let's leapfrog onto the next topic. Patrick Starr versus Selena Gomez. So in the last few episodes, I mentioned the launch of Selena's new makeup line, Rare Beauty. Um, well, bold and glamorous YouTube sensation Patrick Starr has some thoughts, y'all, some thoughts. In his review of Rare Beauty, he went in on the brand's liquid eyeliner. So overall, he said that he liked the brand. Um, it was just like a great brand for a natural look. But the eyeliner, he spent a decent amount of time just like kind of bashing it. He said it's definitely not pigmented enough. And then he did a side-by-side -side comparison of the eyeliner with his own eyeliner from his brand One Size. Um, now, both of these brands sell on Rare Beauty and One Size sell direct to consumer on their websites, but they also sell in Sephora and the Sephora deal is exclusive. So I think Sephora is the only retailer aside from their own brands, websites that carries them. And so like, I noticed it a few times in the video, um, that Patrick like kept dropping in that, like, I have a line at Sephora. I also have a line at Sephora, like check out my line. Um, and so people did not take well to this review. Patrick got dragged immediately people started diving into the comments, slamming the dislike button. There was a point where the functionality, like the like and dislike buttons had been turned off so that people couldn't like comment. They couldn't like dislike. They like, it got so hateful. Um, and then rare beauty did like, they took to social media to address the review and they had the most elegant response. I'm going to read it to you. This is a direct quote. Please remember that everyone has different preferences with makeup and not everything is going to work for everyone. That's okay. At Patrick Starr is such a positive voice in this community and an incredible creator and entrepreneur. So let's all show him nothing but love. I think that is the most high road I have ever seen. Um, 
but here's the thing. Here is I'm I'm gonna infuse a little bit of extra context for you because I first read this and I was like I also started to get heated and choose a side and be like you know but here's the thing so other YouTube artists also got the PR package from Rare Beauty they also did their reviews of it and almost all of them said that the eyeliner just doesn't match up to their standard liquid eyeliner that they use all the time, um, which happened to be from a different brand. So Patrick's was from his own brand, which I think didn't land too well with people, but whatever, like he put in the work for his brand. And then Crispy um, was another one. She was like, I prefer the one from NYX. Like it's a good eyeliner, but would I go buy that's for for $19? Probably not. So I think it, it kind of begs the question like was Patrick actually being too harsh in his review was it just two very strong and very large fan bases that were going to war over social media was it just like the tone was it the fact that the video felt like more of an advertisement for his own brand versus an honest review of Selena's brand Honestly, I don't even know anymore. I'm not sure. <laughs> I know people are, feel very passionately about this. Those that are fans of either or both of these celebrity level people. Um, haters are hard, you guys. It's easy to be a hater and to, because I think ultimately like you're just projecting your own shit on people. Like if you have been like feeling your own inadequacies or your something is triggering you. And instead of, you know, taking the look at yourself and, and trying to have empathy for yourself, a lot of us will just respond in anger and project it onto other people. And it's, it's, it's hard to do. I'm guilty of it myself. And I've, you know, in recent years, I've been much better at recognizing that and understanding that it starts with me. Um, but it's also really hard to be the subject of that hate. Even if you say like, what people think about me is not my problem. Like it still hurts when they come at you with hate. You know what I mean? Uh, I recently got my first hardcore hater on my YouTube channel. My little baby YouTube channel, which if you follow me there, thank you so much. There will be new content coming soon. I promise <laughs> the world is just on fire right now. Um, so the, the hater that I got, this person wrote so much that they were forced to truncate their first comment. Like they wrote too much hate and then YouTube cut them off. And so that person then like compelled was compelled to finish it in another comment. So this person wrote one comment, but across two comments, because there was not enough space to fit all of the hate. And I'm not going to lie. I laugh about it now, but at the time it really stung when it first happened. Cause I feel like this community is like my experience of it has always been like love and support and let's work together and let's bolster each other and let's boost each other. Everyone can be beautiful. That's what having access to these products is about. And like, it's, it's supposed to be a form of self-expression that's very unique to you. Um, and so this is my first bit of like hardcore hate. And it was the fact like what re re brought, like what brought me back around full circle. Wow. She, she cannot speak today. I obviously I'm still a little bit stung by it, but we're getting over it. I promise. So I realized that like 
I love my beauty community. Those of you that download and listen to this pod, those of you that interact with me on my Instagram, I, and also like the greater beauty community as a whole, uh, there's so much love there that this one bit of hate, like what I'm a part of the community that I'm a part of and, and how I get to express myself is so fulfilling and so loving that no one can take that away from me. Even if like, regardless of their motivations, whatever they're saying, like they can't take that away from me. Now, granted, I will say if that person had actual constructive feedback to share, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, like this stings, but this makes sense because ultimately like I'm all for taking suggestions. I'm all for growing. And that's going to come not from within myself necessarily, but it's going to, it's going to come from other people's feedback. And so if, if people come and say like, Hey, you could have done this better or Hey, like this product could have worked better or whatever the case is like, that's different from just straight up. Like you suck because you're, because constructive criticism allows the person to grow and get better versus hate is just hate. It's just you attacking or being attacked on the premise of someone's perception and someone's projection of their own shit. And so it's, it's been a tough road, definitely not as hard as other people. I'm also reading Becoming by Michelle Obama. I don't know why it took me this long to get around to reading it. I saw the, the, um, documentary, on Netflix. I think it was, I saw that it was incredible. It was beautiful. I love her. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm actually also reading about like how she has dealt with the hate and like all the things that descended upon her during the campaign, uh, Barack Obama's first campaign. And so I'm just like reading it and I'm like, okay, all right. Like this is a part of life. And as whenever you start to pursue something that makes you happy and pursue it with everything you've got, there will be people that stand in your way. And if that's really what you want to be doing, like keep pushing through, it will get better and there will always be haters. And I know it's something that's easier said than done, but I believe in you. (laughs) Just try your best and, and, and rely on people that you trust and that you love and that love you back because the, like my support system has been very good to me whenever I've had moments where I'm like, Oh, I don't think I walked away from that the best having done my best work or like, Oh, I got a hater or, Oh, this isn't working out the way I wanted to like have that support system. And if you need someone to talk to, then I'm always here. I am literally always here. So reach out to me and I'm, I'm more than happy to, to chat through whatever's going on because we are beautiful beauty community that support one another. And that is why I'm here. So speaking of beauty community, I feel like let's just end this episode on a high note. There's been a lot of very deep and emotional conversations and, and pieces and topics for this episode. So let's just end on a high, pretty frivolous note. Allure just published their results for the best of beauty 2020. So Every year, the editorial team at Allure, which is the beauty expert magazine, um, go through each category of nominees and they decide what is the best product of a certain category. So some categories include like best red nail polish, um, best um, nude lipstick for light skin, for dark skin, 
best um, shampoo for blonde hair, things like that, right? Like, so they get a little bit, little bit specific. Um, And so the editorial team and this like team of experts has to go through the way that it happens usually is a beauty editor um, or an expert that, that like has expertise in the field, will get a box of something like they'll get a box of masks or someone will get a box of shampoos and they essentially get a box of these nominees and each person has to rigorously test them over the course of months to really, really pick through what is the best, like a lot of scientific process going on here. And ultimately each person comes back with the results, the best out of the bunch. And then this year the hurt, it, it was actually a little overwhelming. These things overwhelm me all the time because it's just a lot. Um, there are 353 winners, 353 winners in categories like hair, skin, body, clean beauty, and more. Um, and mind you really quickly, this is different from the reader's choice awards where Allure readers can vote on their favorite out of a selection of nominees. This is chosen by the experts. And so once a product is given the best of beauty award from the experts at Allure, the brand can then use the stamp of approval as part of their marketing. And ultimately it elevates it. It tells people like this has been rigorously tested by professionals that know what they're talking about. So it must be good, right? You've probably seen the the stamp of approval. It's like a red circle with white writing in it. And it basically says like Allure Best of Beauty Winner 2020, things like that. So some, I'm not going to go through all 353. Do not worry. Um, the I will link the full winner list in case you want to shop or just peruse. I'll link it in the show notes for this episode at julialubin.com. Um, but some of the, the key winners include, um, let's see here. Well, one of the things that I really love is that they did split like lipsticks and certain things, certain categories that are specific to skin tone. They split those, which I enjoy because a nude is not the same on everyone. That is just anyway. So big winners include Uma Foundation. This foundation has been rattling the industry. It is just so incredible, so beautiful, truly, truly comprehensive in, I believe there are 50 shades, maybe more. And it's just like, it wears well on so many different skin types. The match is one of the closest to the greatest array of skin tones. It's just this, the Alma Foundation has, I think it's called like Say What Foundation. It has been disrupting the makeup game since it came on the scene. Um, I would recommend you buy it. I think it was, oh, Ulta's having their 21 Days of Beauty, which I did a post on on julialubin.com. Go check it out because Alma Foundation was on the list. And I, I think that it may have passed. I think it maybe was like yesterday, or the day before that it was on sale, but fuck it. Still shop it. It's worth it. Um, what else? Beach, Beach Waver, which, you know, I'm obsessed with Beach Waver. One of my favorite brands. I work with them all the time. They're blonde shampoo and conditioner. Um, one. So it's, which is great because it really is unlike a lot of the other purple shampoos and conditioners in the game. It's incredible. So like I said, those are just like two call outs on a list of 353 winners. I'll put a link to the full list, um, in the show notes for this episode. You can find those at julialubin.com. Along with 
a link to basically everything that I've talked about in this episode and in other episodes prior. You can also check out any of my content, whether it's the best beauty sales, whether it's, you know, um, the advice that I give on acids or retinol, all of those things are on that website. Please go check it out, read it, respond to it, DM me, reach out to me. I love you guys so much. Um, that's it. We're going to keep this episode short. I haven't looked at the clock, so I don't know how long this actually went. And if it's over half an hour, I apologize. It won't be moving forward. Um, but that's it. I'm so happy we had this time. Let me know how you like the new format. And if you have suggestions for the new pop culture show um, in terms of names, what I should call it, or if you want to co-host with me, fuck it. Why not? Reach out. Um, I will talk to you next week on a new episode of the MUA Chronicle podcast. Bye.